Welcome to the Lead in Truth podcast, also known as the Lit podcast. Do you know biblical truth? Do you know how to take God's word and apply it to your life as a family when facing the world and the cultural onslaught of lies? Listen now as Brad and Brooke lead you in the truth of God's word. Welcome to the first episode of the Lead in Truth podcast. I'm also known as the Lit podcast. This is your co-host, Brad Bartz, along here with my wife, Brooke Bartz. Hi, everyone. We're so glad you're listening right now. Thank you for being with us on this first episode. Absolutely. This is pretty exciting, huh? It's really, really exciting. Yep. Um, Well, before we get started, let us give a a quick shout out to the Bar Network. Uh, If you're not familiar with the Bar Network, uh, it hosts some of the most incredible uh, biblical podcasts Mm -hmm. out there. In fact, it's actually home to the number one uh, Christian podcast out there in the universe of just thinking. Uh, so right. we want to thank them for allowing us to be part of this network, and we look forward to, to being a, a strong contributor to the network as well. Yeah. Uh, for all of you who have been listening to Brooks Open Hearts podcast, we first of all want to say thank you and also welcome to you to this podcast. As a reminder, this new lit podcast will be taking the place of Brooks podcast. So if you've been tuning in there, go ahead and jump over here and uh, join us moving forward for the lit podcast. Yeah, and so many of you may be thinking, why? Why did we begin this podcast? What's it going to be about? What makes it different? Well, to explain what we saw in the Christian podcast world were a lot of podcasts. Mm -hmm. And we learned a great deal about podcasts. We learned a great deal about podcasting, and we're still learning. So thank you for bearing with us as we figure all this out and make new podcasts and Mm -hmm. just stick with us as we get this going. Yeah, keyword is learning, right? That's right. We continue to do that. So... But as we looked at those podcasts, I mean, some were helpful. Um, quite honestly, some were just not very helpful. Mm. And within the podcast world, there were very few podcasts that actually came from a biblical reform perspective and held to the authority and sufficiency of Scripture, and then also sought to apply those truths to the issues that we see attempting to infiltrate both the church and the family. Yeah, none of them were dealing with issues as a husband and wife team and discussing ways that these truths can be applied within the context of marriage and the home. So that was important to us, to form one together. That's right. So here we are. Uh, Our goal of the Lit Podcast is to cover relevant topics and issues in our culture from a biblical perspective, and then we want to encourage you to apply those truths within the biblical roles that God has ordained. So um, a lot of that will be Brooke and I covering relevant topics from the culture. Um, It will be bringing different guests on from time to time, Uh, who we feel have different insights into some different issues in the culture or have proven themselves to be faithful in the Word of God in some different areas uh, within the church. So we really are looking forward to to a great time. So we just pray that you would join us um, on this journey. That's right. But as we look at the specific roles within marriage, and we just talk to the men just for a bit. Um, You know, men, if you're going to lead your family and if you're going to serve faithfully in your local church as Christ calls you to, you need to know the Word. Um, you need to be growing in personal holiness. You need to be able to identify counterfeits, uh, demonic ideologies that are trying to make their way into the church and into your home. And then you need to be able to lead your family in the truth of God's Word so that they are equipped to live for Christ amidst the spirit of the age. Yeah. And ladies, we're called to be helpmates. We're called to joyfully submit to the leadership that our husband provides. And our husbands are called to wash us with the word. And then we're called to live out that washing 
as we live as Proverbs 31 women, wives and moms, we, we need to be prepared to understand that this world hates our God. It's warring for the hearts of our children. We all see this through TV, social media, false religions, and understanding the word, the word of God is what is crucial to our spiritual growth. Let me say that again. Ladies, understanding the word is crucial to your spiritual growth and it's crucial to your family. We need to be able to take current events, ladies, and flesh them out through what the Bible says. And we need to live that mandate out. We need to serve as wives and mothers by obeying the word of God. And, and this can happen because our husbands lead us in truth. And that makes us prepared for and understand biblically our responsibility in this day and age. Yeah, that's good, Brooke. Well, the question is, is where do we begin this endeavor? Um, how do we start? Well, the, the truth is, is, is in anything in life, we start with the truth. We start with God's word. And so our theme verse for this podcast is Psalm 25.5. Brooke, why don't you go ahead and read that verse for us? Okay, sure. It's Psalm 25.5. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day. Excellent. Well, I want to take the, the next few minutes as we in this, in this first podcast to look at this verse. Uh, and the reason is this is our theme verse for our podcast. It's a mm-hmm. crucial one, uh, and it's crucial because in this one verse, we gain much insight into God, uh, into His Word, and then also the psalmist's proper response to God in His Word. So just a quick comment on the Psalms in general before we actually get into the verse itself. Uh, if there's any place in Scripture that instructs us how we are to bring our thinking and our emotions into subjection to God's Word, even as we face the most difficult times of trials, it's the Psalms. That's right. Right? We, yeah. we see over and over the psalmist in distress. Mm-hmm. We see the psalmist facing adversity. We see him pondering injustice and facing persecution. Mm-hmm. And it's like God gives us this kind of front row seat uh, to see how God instructs him to, to view his distress, not through his own thinking, but rather through the lens of God's character and his sovereign power. And see, we get to see how the psalmist is conformed or comforted by the truths of God's word. Yeah, and like Brad said, Psalm 25 is a great example of that. That's why we picked it for our theme verse. That's right. So in our time together, I want to look at the the verse a little bit more in detail. And specifically, what we're going to see is, is two requests that David makes and then two declarations in light of those requests. Mm. And these requests and declarations really characterized David and the psalmist, and the other psalmist, but it should also characterize every true believer. Mm. So let's look at the first of these two requests. And the first one is, is that David requests to be taught by God. He says, teach me. In your text, you actually might see verse 5 begin with the word lead. Um, but understand this, that one cannot be led of God without first being taught of God. And David really sets up this understanding of needing to be taught of God first in verse 4 when he prays, Make me know your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Understand this, listeners, there is no shortage of faulty counselors in this world. Um, man is, as Calvin said, a perpetual idol factory And with every new idol produced comes some new ideology, some new philosophy, some new narrative that would attempt to assert itself over the truth of God's word. Yeah, and the reality is, though, is that every new philosophy we see promoted in the culture, every demonic new ideology, things that we see creep into the church, 
that are not of God's word, they're old lies. They're just repackaged in new wrapping and they're meant to deceive. They're mentally destroyed. That's what Satan wants to do. He wants to take us away from the word. That's right. And that's why David's first request here is such a, a crucial one. David's desire, his heart, his longing is that God through his word would instruct him and that the instruction and that that instruction is very foundation of his life. Um, the foundation that is, is that, that he would know God and that he would know God through his word. And very candidly, as we said before, this just isn't David's desire. Mm. This is what should characterize every believer's life. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, we, we live in a time and have always really lived in a time where Satan is creative and creating uh, philosophies and ideologies that can lead people away from the truth and uh, potentially even seek to know God, find fulfillment in God through unbiblical means. Uh, Brooke, what are some ways that maybe specifically women seek to know God in unbiblical ways or things that they chase after that are just not in accordance with God's word? Well, I mean, one I can think of just off the top of my head is fame. Um, women want to accomplish their dreams and goals in this um, culture, in this time. And when you do that, you neglect the role God has called you to as wives and moms and Proverbs 31 women. It's the feminist instead of feminine. It's I am woman, hear me roar. It's the taking care of me first mindset. And that puts the family on the back burner. Um, 1 John 2, 15 through 17 is a verse that just is really, really important in this because it talks about do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. So that verse tells us to not love anything mm -hmm. in this world. Right. And, um, you know, we think about fame. You know, that's not loving God. That's loving ourselves or what we're going after. So obviously, um, that's important to understand. Also, workspace, which falls in with this verse as well. Workspace, morality, looking good mm -hmm. on the outside. <clears throat> a put-together life and family um, godliness does not come from outward appearance. We know that it comes from the heart and the kind of heart ladies we should desire as God tells us is a heart that loves the word of God. And so the heart that loves his truth is one that in turn will take that, that truth and will work it out in her life through faith. That's right. So that's how women, we need to understand why the truth is so important. When we know the truth, we love the truth then we in turn live that truth out in how we are as moms and wives. Mm -hmm. um, another one is embracing false truths like LGBTQ, don't you think, babe? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of different things that the culture um, produces, right, that, that seek to supplant or position themselves over God's Word, whether it's, you know, the LGBTQ movement, right, and, and denial of Romans 1 and several other passages, right, it's the, the BLM or critical race theory or wokeism or, or whatever it is. There's a, there's a whole handful of repackaged yeah. lies that Satan devises over the time uh, through the spirit of the age to try and deceive people uh, as to uh, making those things the authority in their life versus sitting under and being under the authority of God's word. Yeah, and, and as Brad said, like um, you can embrace things, things outwardly. Um, by not opposing it, but you can also kind of stick your foot in the water and kind of 
go along with these things like um you know the black lives matter movement or like i said homosexuality um by homosexuality like reading a book by female authors who claim to be christian obviously not but embrace lgbtq like jen hatmaker rachel hollis so supporting these false ideology movements um love is love um, thinking that um you're judging someone because they are homosexual and god calls us um that that's a sin and so um that's that's loving someone is calling them to repentance new age embracing a new age view of god a higher power energy within yourself um, mysticism, and then obviously following a false religion mm-hmm. like Catholicism, Mormonism. Yeah. So, like there's there's a whole hand, you know, number of handful of different ways that people can be deceived, and that's why what David prays here is just so crucial. I mean, he he pleads with God that God would reveal Himself, not through some weird experiential way, not through some kind of impression or listening or hearing God's voice, but rather he asks mm-hmm. God to to teach him to be led in the truth. Right, yeah. and this should be the constant desire for every believer. You know, Peter in the New Testament likened this desire to a baby longing for milk. Mm. Um, the psalmist again in Psalm forty-two likens this desire to know God uh, to a deer whose extreme thirst can only be satisfied by cool streams of water. Um, and this must be our desire as well, right? Whether we're a young believer who is opening up the Word of God for the first time and discovering the great truths of God. Mm. Or if we're a seasoned saint who has known the Lord for some time, walked through the hardships of life, the joys of life faithfully and under the authority of his word, the characteristic and pursuit of a true believer is that we long to know God mm. and that we long to know him more through his word and his word alone. Yeah. And so that's the, the most important thing really that David starts off with here. The request is to be taught of God. Yeah. Secondly, he requests to be led by God. He says this, lead me in your truth. Um, the Bible often speaks of our life in the imagery uh, of a walk uh, as the conduct or the pattern of our lives. You know, who we associate, what we believe, is what leads us in the direction and patterns of our lives. A good example of this is Proverbs 13.20, right? He says, walk with the wise and become wise. Yeah. Um, What's not being said here is is not saying strictly just a walk with them, hmm. but an understanding of, of what they're talking about and the truth that they're conveying. You understand truth, you understand wisdom, then you're going to be wise, right? Hmm. In Psalm 25 here, the psalmist, after asking to be taught God's word, understands now and asks that the, that truth of that God's word would then direct his life, hmm. is what he's praying. Uh, in Psalm 119.105, he echoes this same request when he says this, Your word is a lamp unto my feet mm-hmm. and a light unto my path. Um, Brooke, do you have any thoughts on what David is saying here as it relates to the word being a lamp and a light? Yeah, so um, a light to my path. This light is not a physical source talking about the sun or a lit candle. It's referring to the word of God. The truth is, that when we walk on the path, we choose to walk either the narrow path or the wide. And being a believer, we know that we are called to walk narrow. Um, The truth, the scriptures, the Bible is the light, not a physical source in this verse. The Bible is the light that keeps our path lit, that keeps us on the narrow way, that directs our life, that makes us 
um, stand strong in the midst of all these false ideologies and religions. Mm-hmm. And it helps us to be able to see. It lights our path so that we don't, don't stumble in darkness and untruth. That's right. And, and understand, this isn't just a principle that we see in the Old Testament. Um, like all of Scripture, we see these truths reflected both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Um, a good example of this is when Paul, uh, speaking to the Colossians in Colossians 1.10, when he's exhorting them, he exhorts them to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, just to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and yeah. increasing in the knowledge of God. So what David is expressing here is a, is a desperation to be taught by God and then to walk in his commands so that the pattern and direction of his life is pleasing to the Lord. And I think what we need to maybe kind of take a pause here and just really understand is that what the psalmist has in view here is is really a New Testament understanding of sanctification, mm-hmm. right? Um, how many people, how many Christians do you do you talk to, or people do you talk to that think that we um, are conformed to the image of Christ, or we grow as a Christian through some kind of an experience? right? Through some kind of a, a hearing of God's voice, mm. um, through some kind of a, a zapping that somehow that the Holy Spirit does to, to, to move us along in that growth process or to, or to make us more like Christ. But the, the scriptures are very clear. The primary means that God uses to, to sanctify us, to, to conform us to the image of Christ, is His Word. Mm-hmm. In Psalm seventeen seventeen, in Jesus's high priestly prayer he's he's praying for those who would come to know him and he says this to sanctify them in the truth and he's talking to god your word is truth Mm. so the primary means that god uses to to sanctify us is his word Um, it's it's understanding it it's taking it in um, it's applying it Mm -hmm. and through that process God does conform us to the image of Christ more and more. Mm-hmm. And I think a couple of different passages, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament, really show us a good picture of this. Um, Psalm 119.32, the psalmist prays this, I shall run the way of your commandments, for you will enlarge my heart. Mm-hmm. And what is he saying? He says, I am, here comes the, the imagery here of a, of a direction and a pattern, right? But, but here the psalmist is not walking, he then is running, mm. right, uh, the way of his commands. There is a, an eager obedience to the, the obedience of his commands. I love that. Yep. And, and then what he's saying here is, is that there's, there's a promise attached to that, that as the psalmist does that, uh, that the Lord will enlarge his heart. That is, give him a greater capacity both to know his word and to obey his word. Mm-hmm. Um, we go over to the New Testament. And Paul, speaking in Philippians 2.13, uh, refers to how this actually happens, right? He says this, For it is God who is at work in you, mm-hmm. both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. Um, what Paul is telling us here essentially is, is that God gives us that desire as a believer. We put forth the maximum spiritual effort, and it is God who is at work in us both to increase that desire, to also give us the spiritual energy and to energize our spiritual efforts. And it is him who actually produces the spiritual fruit. Mm -hmm. Um, This is how sanctification happens. It doesn't happen through experience. It doesn't happen through hearing God's voice. 
And this is really what David is communicating here. He's saying, teach me your truth and then lead me in your truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that, as we looked at those other passages, God gives us a greater capacity to know him. He gives us a greater capacity to be obedient to him and ultimately uh, to live a life that is more in obedience to his word and more honoring to him. Yeah. So, so those are really the two requests that, that David makes here. But then he makes two declarations. Uh, the first of which he says that God alone is the source of his salvation. David says this, he says, for you are the God of my salvation. Mm-hmm. And what David understands here through the truth of God's word is he can bring himself no, not one step closer to God. He can bring himself not one step closer to, to God's holiness. Mm-hmm. A number of times in the Psalms, we see David pleading and repenting and confessing his sin before the Lord. And David understands here that God alone is the one who can save him. That's right. Um, a couple verses down in verses 6 through 7 of Psalm 25, he, he goes on to give us a picture of that. He says, Remember, Lord, your compassion and your faithfulness, for they have been from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my wrongdoings. Remember me according to your faithfulness for your goodness sake, Lord. And what David here is really recounting is just the goodness of God, his compassion shown to David in David's salvation. And David goes back to say that this is a characteristic of God from the foundations of the world. And obviously as New Testament believers, we see this fleshed out in the person and the, the work of Jesus Christ. As, as David looked ahead, now we look back mm. right on the finished work of Christ oh, wow. yeah. for, for, for salvation and salvation alone through Christ. And then David also makes a second declaration here. Not only is God alone the source of his salvation, but then David says this. He says, for you I wait all the day. Mm-hmm. And really what David is saying here is that he can take great confidence in knowing God will accomplish his purposes perfectly. Right. Uh, both according to his sovereign purposes and also in David's life. Right. And that's a picture that we see quite a bit um, in the Psalms of someone waiting on the Lord. But, um, Brooke, you know, as we discussed this passage, I think you had some great points on, on, this, on this understanding, this truth of waiting on the Lord. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say I love how you said they looked ahead and we can look behind and see what they did. That's amazing. So, well, as we um, discuss this this passage, um, as Brad said, when we wait on the Lord, um, for you I wait all the day, we are waiting in eager anticipation, knowing God is good, He's sovereign, He's faithful, and I can wait knowing He will accomplish His purposes, not only in my life, for each day, as it says, for I wait all the day, but for my entirety of my lifespan. I don't need to be anxious or fearful in each day. I can trust the Lord that He's good. He's going to accomplish what He wants to spiritually. And that's why it says, for you, I wait all the day. Our waiting is in confidence. It's in a God who is doing all things for Mm -hmm. our spiritual good. So that's really important. And um, the verse Psalm 73, 25, and 26 is just a, a great um, a great verse to talk about the heart that we should have as we trust in our God and wait on our God. It says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And that's just a beautiful picture mm-hmm. of knowing that God is our strength. 
He's our all. Mm -hmm. He is our portion. He's all we need on this earth. And He is the one that we wait all the day for and trust as we wait. That's right. But the question is, is how then does the psalmist have such trust, Hmm. right? I mean, how in the midst of suffering, um, being persecuted unjustly, uh, in the midst of agony, how can he say with confidence that God will accomplish his sovereign purposes and carry out his purposes in David's life? Mm. Um, yeah. Well, the reality is he can do so because he is a man who both knows the word and he also sits in under its authority okay. as well. Um, speaking of, of waiting on the Lord, Spurgeon said this, he said, it, it may seem an easy thing to wait, but it is one of the postures which a Christian soldier learns not without years of teaching. Wow. So this is where the true spiritual confidence comes from with David. Uh, It doesn't come from his experience. It doesn't come from a a personal pursuit of fame or pride or a a military might. This confidence comes through the Spirit of God, applying the Word of God in the midst of life's circumstances. Yeah, that's that's really, really a really powerful point. Yeah. Really powerful. And I want to pause here a little bit because I think there's a situation, I think, in the world right now that um, kind of speaks to this. As, as many of you guys know, you maybe have been following uh, Pastor James Coates of Grace Life uh, Church in Alberta, Canada, uh, was recently put into prison uh, for meeting uh, fully as a church. Um, as many of you guys know, he had been arrested, released, uh, and then now is back in confinement. Uh, he has denied bail under the conditions that um, they have asked as far as him not meeting, him not preaching, him not worshiping. He has denied that bell, mm-hmm. and he now sits in a, a jail cell uh, faithfully before the Lord for properly shepherding his sheep, and having them meet to worship our God and to preach the word. And so when I think about what David is saying here, and I think about James's situation, I think this should be an encouragement and challenge to, to all of us. Hmm. You know, how did it get to a point where James Coates can stand before the authorities of this world and choose to obey his God rather than men and potentially not only be thrown in jail, but potentially stay there for a time as long as the Lord determines? Wow, uh, yeah. Did he wake up one morning and somehow get to this point? Did he exist as a Christian for some odd years and then somehow be able to do this? Uh, and the answer is no. Mm-hmm. He did exactly what David did. And that is he sought to know the Lord. He sought to obey the Lord. He sought not only to preach the word, but he himself sit under its authority. And as a result of that, he can rest assured, even in prison, that he can rest and wait faithfully upon the Lord to accomplish his purposes uh, according to his purposes and in the life of himself and James's life yeah. because he has a trust in his God that only comes from a knowledge and an obedience and a reliance upon his words. Wow. So yeah. we, we do pray for James. We pray for Aaron, his wife, and their two boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pray that you would do the same um, and you can follow a, a number of their uh, kind of events and, and news updates um, via Instagram and a number of other places. We do pray that you would pray for them and, and constantly pray for other pastors, not only in Canada, but around the world that are facing and will face uh, the same type of, of persecution. 
Um, but as we kind of wrap our time up here, let me just kind of turn our, our hearts to a little bit more of an application on Psalm 25.5, which is our theme verse again. You know, very simply, you know, men talking to you, we must be men of the word. We must know the word of God. Um, understand this, that God has not given us several books to know in this world. He has not called us to read every book by every philosopher. He's just called us to know one book. And we're to know it well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has placed us in a unique role of men in the family and in the church, both to live out the word as well as to teach it to our family, to our spouse, to our local body, if the Lord has gifted you to do so and affirmed you to do so. Uh, that is our responsibility. Mm-hmm. It was David's responsibility, and it was the, the example that we see today of one who can face the, the very difficulties of life and faithfulness. And it's one he calls every believer to according to his purposes. Yeah, and women, um, practically, um, honor your husband by letting him lead you in truth. Um, That's the most important thing. You need to honor your husband. You need to let him lead you in truth, teach you the truth. And then you need to live out that truth. Take it out. Live it out in all areas of your life as a wife and a mom. And then the last one is think of some faulty views of God you might have that you might be embracing or unbiblical mm-hmm. ways you're seeking to know God and repent of those sins. I gave you um, several um, up above that we talked about, but repent of those sins and make sure you are not teaching or leading by the wrong example right. um, because that affects that wrong example trickles down. It affects your marriage. It affects how you raise your children, how you parent them. Um, you, we only need one source of truth, and that's the Word of God. So that's right. the application for ladies for this first episode. That's right. And uh, again, we do uh, thank you for joining us here on our first episode. We do pray that you would come with us on the journey of, of many of these episodes together. Um, we do invite you to join us next time for our next episode uh, yeah. that we've got entitled The Whole Holiness of God as we look at Exodus 19 through 21. Uh, both to see the holiness of God, the people's response, the beauty of the gospel, and our responsibility as parents, both to parent our children according to the holiness of God, as well as fulfill our ministries in the local church according to the holiness of God. Wow, that sounds really exciting. Yeah, should be good. So, so again, we ask you that uh, you join us as we lead uh, you in God's truth. And we pray that you, until next time, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. See you guys later.